The Georgia Bulldogs take down South Carolina 40-13 to in Athens, moving to 3-0 and and starting SEC play 1-0, still number two in the country. As yeah. always, I'm Chido Chibuya, and with me is Keegan Chanel, and this is Dogs Off the Leash. Well, I mean, not. I don't know if this is what I was expecting from the game, but uh, I'm happy with the score. Uh, obviously, you know, some things that we probably need to work on, but Keegan, what's your immediate reaction uh, from this win? What'd you like? What'd you didn't? What'd you not like? I feel like we met the state of the program's, like, baseline. Uh, what else I say? We met expectations. We met expectations. And then, uh, honestly, we exceeded them, in my opinion. Because a lot of times we'll have these games where it's like, oh, we're looking great, you know, we play get hot, and then South Carolina rolls into town or whoever. A lot of times it is South Carolina. And then we just, you know, we even if we squeak out a win, you know, we're just kind of left feeling like deflated from it. I felt like this game kind of told us what it needed to tell us, and then we, you know, we were able to learn from it with uh, with whatever weaknesses that were exposed. So overall, I felt like we met expectations, did a great job opening up SEC play and just kind of setting the tone and giving us the momentum to learn from this board. What what were your immediate like kind of reactions to it? We we're on the exact same page. So, you know, we we're we're in week three now. We're a couple weeks out from the Clemson win. Clemson doesn't look like the team many people thought they were gonna be. So you're already starting to hear these little whispers. Is Georgia as good as we think that they are after being Clemson? And and we talked about we don't want to hear none of that. Clemson's talented. We have Face teams like South Carolina after you know a hot streak and really not lived up to our own expectations. This game, when you can when you can see some flaws in your football team and still beat a team forty to thirteen, it got to the point to where you know when they put Stetson Bennett in, Stetson Bennett comes in and throws an interception. Like we were chilling, straight chilling at that point in the game. We are we were obviously the better team. And it's getting to the point to where, like, if we don't have good enough competition, the team looks like it's getting bored. I know that's a bad thing, but at the same time, that just shows you how good this team is. And what it's starting to look like to me is we're we're trying to get healthy and we're trying to fit these puzzle pieces in the right spots. And I think it's the perfect time because October, October is going to be a real telling month for us. We're going to see Arkansas. We're going to see Kentucky. We're going to see Auburn. We're going to see uh, Florida. So these games aren't going to be super exciting, you know, going next week with, with Vandy, but it's all a process. So all we can do is what we have in front of us. And, you know, we have some good things from the offense, good, good things from the defense, and obviously some things that we need to work on. But offense, offense-wise, JT Daniels was amazing. Surgical on third down against a South Carolina defense that was actually pretty good stopping other opponent, other opposing offenses on third down. Um, offense, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I think we did a good job running the ball. Like James Cook had that first open straightaway touchdown. You know, like you said, JT Daniels kind of came in. He had a couple plays that were like so-so, and then they got that one sack, I remember. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, he, was, he did a phenomenal job picking up the pieces. I, a lot of people didn't like the fact that we, like, put Stetson in there. I kind of like the fact that uh, – 
I don't I don't necessarily dig the timing of it because I feel like if you have a quarterback that's, you know, rolling on all cylinders, you should kind of feed them, you know. But I did like that we gave them a shot, you know. I right. felt like it wasn't – I thought we should have maybe, uh, you know, he hasn't even really been practicing as much as these other guys. So, And he hadn't even before that one game he played. So the fact of the matter is that he was able to, you know, Come in and step up like he did at UAB. That was great, but just like playing him for that one change was, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But it just made of me feel like I was too. <laughs> of course, of course, especially after the whole Justin Fields situation, <laughs> you had a couple people grumbling like, "Well, why couldn't you?" Know what I'm talking about so. Well, it's like he probably it's like he's probably got trauma from all that, and he's probably trying to like do right. And he's like, "Well, I know they're not going to say it and play the." Right. Handed back up this time. He's like, I told yeah, you yeah. all. He's like, yeah. he might have been happy to do this. He's like, this is what happens. I'll listen to y'all. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's damn if you do, damn if you don't. So I, I mean, I completely get it, but when he comes in and throws a pick, it's, it's really just damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's just damn at that point. But I mean, well, hey, I mean, won, but. well, there were people going in this game talking about, you know, a QB controversy in Athens. So I kind of, I mean, that ended that immediately. <laughs> discussion pretty quick like yeah especially when jc is kind of like you know there's something about name brand talent like i feel like if you're an unproven player you really have to like on a perspective lane you have to really like prove yourself at least to get like the media and the fan support and like you know coaches may act like that doesn't affect them but i feel like it's gotta at least kind of play some kind of part when you know your whole fan base is wanting a certain player to play or whatever especially if you're a losing team you know bring in the freshmen like let's get to the future already like, and you make a great point i think i think this game really highlights for all the limitations that jt daniels got right he's not a scrambler there are obviously some things he cannot do but when you watch him on third down he, he's a point he's a point guard and this is why todd munkin wanted this type of quarterback in this offense he just distributes. He made some beautiful – dude, the deep ball – I haven't seen a deep ball quite like this since the Aaron Murray days. And Aaron mm-hmm. Murray had a nice deep ball on him. I mean, he really gives our offense that, that vertical threat. And as soon as we start getting some of these pieces back and some of these pieces healthy, the passing game is in great hands. 300 yards, three touchdowns. That, you'll take that at any level of football. At any level of football, that's a great day. The running game, obviously, is going to get going. We're – we're struggling a little bit, but, you know, JT back there, it's really not a problem. Still putting up 40, and we're not doing what we're best at. That's a good sign. So, so again, it's good to win well, and to be able to work on yourself, but. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I like the fact that we're kind of, you know, we're, we're down a few guys receiver-wise. You know, we don't know when Pickens might be back, if ever. We don't, you know, hopefully Darnell Washington's back. Hopefully, uh. You know, hopefully the dogs are barking over here. Hopefully uh, Eric Gilbert gets back. But to be able to, you know, create chemistry, to get some confidence in your guys in, like, big moments where you need a big play, that just speaks volumes to us, like, moving forward down the road. Because we know our defense will keep us in games. Um, We know that our front seven is going to force a lot of teams to pass. And I'm sure these teams seeing these busted coverages or big plays down the field from either Clemson or – South Carolina or, you know, uh, I don't remember you. I don't think UAB had really one. But, you know, they're, they're going to look at the tape and try to expose that. That's just, like, to be expected. So, you know, we got to work on that. But having the ability to, you know, kind of walk down the front seven, walk down the run game, that just kind of puts 
teams in a position like one of my friends uh, up in Nashville, he's kind of like a betting man, and he was asking me, he's like, you think they'll cover their spread? And I was like, well, it was a 31-point spread. But I'm not sure about covering the spread, but I think Georgia's going to score like at least 40 points. And he's like, dude, there's – come on, man. Like, I mean, that was UAB. Like, he's not really a – he's an old Miss fan, so he's kind of trying to, like, give his angle on it. And I was like, I'm just telling you, man, like, South Carolina's played nobody, like, South Carolina like, still a better team than Vanderbilt. I mean, at oh, the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. And he, but he was telling me, you know, he's like, they're they're like number, they're top five in the country on defense. They're uh, ranked higher on offense than Georgia. I was like, but dude, like, look who they played. He's like, yeah, but like, Clemson's not as good. I'm like, dog, like, you see what I'm saying? And that's how the conversation's starting to go. Like, small sample size, but come on now, be real. Yeah, I mean, I was like, they haven't been good in a while. Like, I actually was at a Clemson game where they, like, Clemson put up, like, 56 points on them. <laughs> like, like 30 of them came after halftime, and then another 20 came with, like, backups on their starters. Like, right. I know that was, like, just a year or two ago. I'm not saying, like, you can't improve, but, <laughs> like, I would be shocked as a first-year coach. They, hey, they got some good players on defense. They, uh, Zed Nolan, until he got injured, looked pretty impressive. I mean, they had their, like, uh, one of their main linebackers get hurt. I mean, they – Really took some big L, like big, big L's for an underdog to take uh, from some guys they're kind of relying on to make a difference against us. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it would have really affected the game, but I would have liked to see, you know, a healthy South Carolina, a healthier South Carolina team play us. I was, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I kind of was, to be honest. Like, I was hoping to see the Zeb Nolan hype. I was hoping to see uh, them without excuses, because now I know if I see a South Carolina fan, they'll be talking about their graduate assistant coach quarterback not playing the difference he would have made but I thought that uh Doty did a good job and I mean I think South Carolina has the best head coach they've got in a while now I love Will Muschamp but he just seemed to be kind of messy with it and you know some people aren't you know it's a big difference between being a coordinator and being a head coach there's a lot more Diplomacy, a lot Huge more difference. responsibility. It's it's a lot structure. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more. So it's not. It's no like a lot of great football minds. Some of the best in the world aren't necessarily going to be best coaches. It really takes like certain leadership qualities. And I'm not saying like you got to be perfect, but it like I think the the reason as great as Nick Saban is about being a uh, an ama- just amazing mind of football, I think his greatest strength is like his personality and his ability to be disciplined and he's, he's just like super super smart guy and like you know if he's the standard of like the best coach living then you know I mean he's just a one-of-a-kind kind of person and you know the great co- the great head coaches really are kind of one-of-a-kind people you know they're not it's not just being a great football player a great coach being on a great staff in the past, none of that will make you a great coach. I mean, all, all of it can help. But I think, like, Shane Beamer, he's got the pedigree. He's got, uh, you know, he was under Spurrier. He was under uh, uh, Lincoln Riley. He was under Saban. He was under, you know, a who's who of coaches. His father, obviously, you know, the late great Coach Beamer, um, Frank Beamer. So, you know, he's just got a pedigree. I mean, I'm – I don't want to say I'm rooting for him because that means that it's like, I don't know if that's in a Georgia fan's best interest, but I really like his approach. I like his tone. I feel like he's a uh, a smart mind, and I I expect him to really turn South Carolina's program around. But 
I just think Georgia is like four or five years ahead of them. You know, they got a head start. And right now, our our uh, number one draft, you know, number one draft class coming in is all, most of those guys are seniors. Now we lost some guys, lost some transfers, but we're seeing the stars and maturity pop out from those junior and senior classes. And it's making a huge difference, man. Like uh, Jordan Davis is just a beast. And that just leads me to the defense. How did you feel that we, you know, we fared um, with this elite Georgia defense that everyone in the country is now hype on? Now they're hype on it. So. It's funny that now that they're hype on it, um, I mean, if, if you've been paying attention, all, all the signs are there, all the pieces were there. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and act like we knew all this was coming. But I mean, when we started this uh, this season on the podcast. I listed all of the seniors and juniors, all of these people. You know, it's, it's funny to me how, you know, ESPN's like, returning starters this, returning starters this. At UGA, if you're a good player, you've been playing. You may not have been the starter, but you're getting reps week after week after week. And these guys, Adam Anderson, uh, a lot of these secondary players, uh, Jalen Carter, uh, Channing Tindall, uh, Quay Walker, these guys have been here for so long, just waiting on their turn. God, Rochester's been there since Rick, I swear. Rochester's <laughs> been been here forever, and all that means is, like, they're super familiar with what Kirby wants, the system that they run. So, like, when people, when you see this unit so cohesive, you're like, oh, this is, well, we've had, we've had the best rushing defense for two years. Now the secondary is starting to catch up. Now we're finally wreaking havoc, which was something Kirby's been talking about for three years. So it's finally just coming together. Nothing more, nothing less. Jordan Davis, three-star out of high school, is going to end up going first-round draft pick. The stuff he's putting on tape, man, it has been insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, do, you think, do you think so? Because I've thought about that. I mean, you say No, I know so. No, I know so. It, all, his only question is, can he maintain a good weight? He is powerful. He stops the run. He, he ran down, I think, uh, there's some clips going around of him running down uh, South Carolina's quarterback. I mean, sideline to sideline. That's a big old boy moving that fast. He, he's yeah. first round material, no question. Noah Smith had a sack fumble. Adam Anderson had a sack. Kendrick, uh, Darren Kendrick, finally starting to get some playing time. Had an interception off a tip ball. It was it was just a showcase. NFL scouts are drooling the same way they do over Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State. NFL scouts yeah. are looking at this program the same way. No yeah, we are we are stacked like legit. Super stacked. So, who, if you had to take a a bold guess, and even include Mike Pickens and uh, Washington and Gilbert, out of everyone on Georgia's roster right now, uh, you know, looking kind of into the future, who do you think projects as the best NFL player? Just curious. You had a- uh, that, that's super hard to say. It is. Super hard. Off off the of talent alone, I would definitely go with uh, Pickens. Or Jordan Davis, but the way you know with a draft, it's all about teams' needs. So Pickens could go first if a team's looking for offense. But if you need a run stopper, if you need like a what Casey Hayward from the Steelers, or right. like a Warren Sapp back in the day for the Bucks, like any of these, that's a hard position to fill. A big D tackle that's strong and stops to run is hard to come by. Jordan Davis' stock is way way up for that simple fact. So, and bad teams don't have that. Right. Okay. So let me let me re- good answer. Great answer. Let me rephrase the question though. Who is the most likely to be a future Hall of Famer in the NFL? That's 
I know that's a bolder question, but that's kind of what I meant. Like Pickens. Pickens. Pickens? Yeah, Hall, Hall of Famers, it's, it's about production. DT is important, but it's not sexy. George Pickens could, you know, have receiving yards and receiving touchdowns up there with the best of them. He's that talented. Physically gifted. Right. And it's a passing league, so. Yeah, he's been amazing. Like, he was a bright spot on George's best days and on his, on our worst days in the past couple of years, he, he wasn't playing. So. And, and speaking of, you mentioned him earlier. George Pickens actually started limited activity on Monday for UGA. He's running routes. He is uh, running in general. So he is definitely on track with the rehab. We, The whispers are starting to sound like we may end up seeing him maybe as early as Florida. Now, I don't want to get anybody too excited, but the possibility of him coming back and finishing this season is huge. Again, along with Dominique Blaylock, uh, Washington at tight end, Tyke Smith, Arik Gilbert, if he you know gets himself together as far as you know his issues, his mental health, whatever it may be, with this team, we are we are not even at the ceiling yet. That's scary. I I just hope we can get there because I think we could compete with the Bamas or the Ohio States or the well Ohio State's not looking as good, but you know Bama. We could compete with Bama's best teams, Ohio State's best teams, if we can get this all together. We won't even talk about Bama this year. I, after what I saw against Florida, I'm not scared of Bama. Florida ran for like 200 yards on them. Anybody watched the game? Dude, we, we are in a good position. I texted you, this is our year. It really has the potential. I think we can beat this Bama team. I'm not even going front. Do you think, are you scared of Florida now? No. No, not at all. As long as Todd Grantham is the defensive coordinator there and Dan Mullen is the uh, coach, I'm not. Because as good as Emory Jones is, their their strength is running. Our strength is stopping the run. That's game over. Yeah. That's game over. Matchups. It's all about matchups. Yeah. I agree with that. Or I see your point. I'm still nervous on the fan level, but I mean sure, sure. Florida <laughs> looked a lot better than I thought, but I think it's more that Bama is not as invincible as the last five to ten years. That's that's my point. Nothing against Florida. But I mean they had they, they lost the game off penalties. You know what I'm saying? They're not disciplined enough. And you're not beating us if you're not disciplined, just like you can't beat them if you're not disciplined. So same same type of thought process there. Okay. Well, any other, you know, observations from this last game, just kind of looking into what, you know, you had talked about on the uh, on the preview versus, like, what actually took, took place? Uh, yeah. So as far as scores go, I did – my prediction was – 34 to 6. South Carolina did end our streak, a streak of not giving up a touchdown. They did score a touchdown, but that was with reserves. And when the game was pretty much out of hand, um, the secondary was sus. They exposed us a little bit. Uh, we had 500 total yards versus South Carolina's 300, so the offense was good. We passed the 300, they passed the 200. We rushed for 184. We held them under 196. We did have three turnovers. Again, I know Kirby's busting some heads on that. And then we also gave up three sacks. So there's really a lot of meat on the bone as far as things that we can fix. But yeah. to have issues to fix and to murder a team, 40-13, it's a good sign. Yeah, definitely. Well, we got yeah. Vanderbilt next and then Arkansas. Is that right? Yeah, we, we got Vanderbilt to finish out this month. And then again, October is going to be – October is going to be good football, good games. Arkansas is not a pushover. 
Auburn's always going to be ready to fight. Kentucky thinks that they can win the East. And then Florida obviously thinks, you know, they can win. They've got some confidence. There's no more victories, but they've got some confidence after, you know, taking Alabama to the wire. So October is going to be the make or break part of our season. And I'm looking forward to it. Like, I think this team will play better when it's like, hey, are you trying to come? You trying to come get the crown? Good. Because we need a challenge. That's how good we are now. We need a challenge. And I, and I can't wait. Well, I hope, hope we get one. But then again, you know, we, we might, I mean, you know, be careful what you wish for. But uh, then again, we might not. I guess Arkansas beat Texas, beat Georgia Southern. They're playing Texas A&M this weekend. So that's a that's a top ten team. There's a good chance that they win that game or really do well in that game, like win big or something, win by a few touchdowns or something, which is unlikely. But it's at home. Um, there's a good chance that you know they'll be in the top ten when we play them, and we're playing them at home. So it looks like so Arkansas Arkansas stock is up. A lot of people thought that yeah. before the season, and so they've we- just shown it. Are we kind of rooting for Arkansas then? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care who wins or who loses. I just okay. know they'll be ready because you know they'll either be fired up from the loss or they'll be fired up from the win. It, so yeah. it's irrelevant. It's a big game, so they yeah, it's irrelevant. So yeah. Well, I like Sam Pittman, but yeah, I just I guess that's what we have to look forward to, dog fans. Is an amazing October. Um, hope you guys had a great month, and we're hitting our stride here with the podcast. And this is probably going to be one of the best Octobers of football history in the last I don't even know how long so looking forward to it guys Keegan signing off hey yeah going forward we're going to break down some Vandy uh it's probably going to be a bit of a blowout but you know out of respect got a lot of respect for Vandy we're going to break it down see what ways we can exploit them see if we can clean up some of the mistakes we had against South Carolina but as always Dog Nation appreciate y'all and you know what it is appreciate y'all amen dogs on the leash off the leash I do it for the dogs.